0: Big Safety Podcast with Vance and Bart It's a trap there's no comfort bidding in a fake safety and no one believes it. We're
1: back, bitches.
0: I assume you saw this on CNN the other day because you keep your TV firmly tuned to the 24-hour news channel that is CNN. But of course. in case you nodded off or fell asleep during this segment, they have. How highlighted-
1: could I when CNN's on, right?
0: Yeah, they've uh, they've been talking a good bit about another program called 60 Minutes, uh, where the Facebook Ooh. whistleblower. I don't, I don't know how this statement's going to land with you, but she's revealed that, uh, brace yourself for this, the company, referring to Facebook, is prioritizing profit over public good.
1: Hmm. I know so, you're going to need
0: a second to sit with that. I, I know that's shocking.
1: Where do their profits come from?
0: You know what? Maybe their profit comes from public good, so that's why they're not that worried about it.
1: I doubt they have any military contracts with the government or anything like that going on that would skew their profit seeking away from what the customer wants to something else.
0: I mean, I feel like if they had any contracts with the government, they would probably talk about it a lot more. So I, I doubt it.
1: Right. Oculus. With,
0: with that, I, I thought, I thought maybe we could see what uh, CNN has to say about the, the whistleblower and her revelations on 60 minutes.
1: Okay.
2: Well, on the January 6th front, she talked about the riot and how it was organized partly on Facebook. She also cited conflicts elsewhere in the world. She said, the version of Facebook that exists today is tearing our societies apart and causing ethnic violence around the world. She cited Myanmar as an example. Here's what she had to say about Facebook's algorithm being at the center of these problems. One of the consequences of how Facebook is picking out that content today
0: is it is optimizing for content that gets engagement or reaction. But its own research is showing that content that is hateful, that is divisive, that is polarizing, it's easier to inspire people to anger than it is to other
1: emotions. Misinformation, angry content is enticing to people and keeps them on the platform.
2: Yes. Facebook has realized that if they change the algorithm to be safer, People will spend less time on the site, they'll click on less ads, they'll make less money. So she is saying that Facebook, time and time again, chooses profits over safety. She is not the first person to blow the whistle from inside Facebook. Other former staffers have also called out the company. But this is coming from inside the house in a unique way. In fact, the whistleblower says her lawyers have filed eight different complaints with the SEC in the past month. The SEC, of course, the government agency that is charged with uh, with uh, regulating the financial world and making sure publicly traded companies don't violate the law. Her lawyers are alleging Facebook does violate the law because what it says in public is, co- is contradicted by this private internal research. And that's one of the reasons why she leaked this research to The Wall Street Journal. And now she is going public in the most public of ways, Pamela, on one of the biggest shows on television trying to call out Facebook.
0: And of course, Facebook tried to get ahead of this. A a top executive appeared with you on Reliable Sources. What more do we expect to hear from Facebook? And what more do we know about her role at Facebook? Why she would be someone of credibility to,
1: to speak about this?
2: Yeah, she was a project manager on one of the teams that was trying to combat misinformation. And she says the more time she spent inside the company, the more concerned she became. Now, Facebook, of course, has tens of thousands of employees. And the company's argument kind of goes like this. Yes, you know, we're not perfect. No social media platform is perfect. But we are trying our best to police the platform and take down hate speech, to take down misinformation. That's the company's claim. But time and time again, we see they do not live up to those expectations and those promises. Uh, I spoke with Nick Clegg earlier, as you mentioned, one of the top executives of Facebook. He was trying to issue a pre to 60 Minutes. He, he talked about the issue regarding January 6th, saying the argument that, that Facebook's responsible for the riot is bogus. Here's a part of what he said. I think if the assertion is that January the 6th can be explained because of social media, I just think that's ludicrous. The responsibility for the violence of January the 6th and the insurrection uh, on that day lies squarely with the people who inflicted the violence and those who encouraged them, including uh, then President Trump, Uh, And uh, uh, candidly, many other people elsewhere in the media who were encouraging the assertion that the, 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 the election was stolen. And look, I think this I think it gives people false comforts to assume that there must be a technological or a technical explanation for the issues of political polarization in the United States. Sure, it's absolutely complicated, but Facebook often is an accelerant, pouring fuel on the raging fire. When it comes to something like Instagram for teen girls, the way that Instagram warps people's brains, Uh, Clegg tried to compare it to women's magazines, saying, you know, girls used to look at women's magazines and, and feel bad about their bodies that way. The difference is that Instagram and Facebook and these platforms are addictive substances in a way that a magazine never ever could be. That addictive quality is one of the reasons why this whistleblower is
1: speaking out. So first off, uh, I mean, if we go, if we're talking about January 6th, we got a, who got, who was killed violently in January 6th? I believe it was uh, one of the so-called rioters that was killed in a violent manner by a gunshot wound. And that was the only person to die in a violent manner. There was a police officer who they claimed for, what, six months it was beat to death by a fire extinguisher they claimed that and his family was like no he didn't and finally you know it came out quietly he was never hit with a fire extinguisher or anything there was a fire extinguisher beside them when I guess a picture was taken when they were trying to resuscitate him because he had a stroke he died of a stroke not from being hit by anything. And I had a friend of mine, a friend of my family that died of a heart attack in that she was one of the rioters, but she, I wouldn't blame the cops or something for that. You know,
0: I don't, I don't want to be immediately going to policing language, but I also don't love the fact that we've now jumped to riot as well. Right. So the January right. 6th, protest was at some point escalated to insurrection and now we are referring to it as a riot as well so that's that's a piece that again i don't love policing language but the idea that we just keep calling it something worse and worse not as the focus of the conversation but as a foregone conclusion that we use as a foundation for the conversation right right
1: and 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 meanwhile, in the same conversation, they're supposedly criticizing Facebook for using polarizing language or, you know, whatever they said, right? Divisive polarizing language, right? So, like, people know that it wasn't, like, people who know that it wasn't a riot get pissed off when they hear stuff like that. It's, they're using the language that they're claiming Facebook is bad for you. Let's say in the Facebook's aren't doing that. I mean, they're doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. The same CIA people calling the shots of CNN and the same people calling the shots of Facebook.
0: And and that's why you, you can't even say that it has anything to do with a guest that's on or anything like that. So, so Brian, uh, Brian Stelter.
1: Oh, favorite little piggy
0: of, uh, of CNN So, this isn't something that we can blame on a guest. He himself is using that kind of language and making these editorial calls when setting up clips and when coming out of clips and making these judgments around what he believes Instagram to be doing, what he believes Facebook to be doing as compared to magazines, this or that. But when he sets up a clip with the, you know, Facebook's VP of global affairs or whatever. He's saying as a foregone conclusion, this January 6th event, that is a riot. And then sort of going from there, like it, it it just assumes so much that you can't even really unpack it all before it even gets to the guts of it.
1: Right. Because we're talking about something that doesn't exist and arguing about like we didn't even get to that. There was a riot. And you're, you're, you're arguing beyond that. You know what I mean? And, and it's a tactic because how are we supposed to argue about something if we don't even agree that it ever existed? Like We're not to that point in the argument. So you've, you've pissed off a lot of people. You've divided the room at that point, Skelter.
0: And it's it's not acting in good faith because they are the same people who captured footage of these quote-unquote rioters as they took great care not to cross the
1: velvet ropes. Right. They pushed the day that the police officer died. The family released a statement saying that he did not suffer a beating. He had a, a stroke. They sat on that and continued to report that this officer was killed by a violent mob beat to death with a fire extinguisher over and over and over and over again on the news for months knowing that there's been a statement released by the fa- and then finally you know people on social media had gotten a hold of the like the the coroner's report and like it was getting out there anyway and they had to like admit it at some point and they had to act like oh we we didn't realize you know, but it's awful that's awful and and there's no other reason to do it except for you're pushing a narrative by from the top, and you want to make the top happy so you can get your and the top has an agenda. There is a ruling class in Washington, and they exist and they run shit that's why facebook's problem can't be fixed cuz the whole reason why facebook has a problem is because they are policing language you by putting out things to certain people that's going to get them angry is getting their clicks or whatever that's that's the way to get their clicks but they're policing a certain group of people they're kicking them off of facebook they're silencing their voices and, and at the same time, making them angry by sending them shit to get mad about, right? If it was just a mishmash of everybody saying their opinion and not silencing a whole group of people and only one voice getting through, there wouldn't be this divide. There would be people actually being able to talk to each other, hear the other side's real reason instead of they're all nazis or whatever the next nazi thing is or whatever i think not nazi's just gonna stick forever i think but
0: let me play the part of the uh millennial then because i think the the boomers typically uh fall into the bucket of the two parties and the millennials will sometimes acknowledge the libertarian take which is basically their caricature of the young right so let me go ahead and fill in what they would say anyway right is oh well i can hear the libertarians now they're a private company Do you want to police a private company and what they do and what they allow you to say?
1: This is exactly what I I hear this from other libertarians. No shit. I don't, I hear them say that they can hear libertarians saying that, but I'm not hearing any libertarians actually saying that maybe they are, but I'm not fucking hearing it because I think that at this point, all libertarians that I know that are, at least into it enough, understand that Facebook has a military contract. Amazon has a military contract. I imagine Twitter's got plenty of contracts or people in high places from from our intelligence agencies. And these companies aren't private. If If your main customer is the government, That's the problem. That's the problem. You know how we fix this? Just like we did it with church and state. We don't regulate the problem into a bigger problem. What we do is separate government from social platforms. Government can't be involved. Private citizens can talk about government all they want, however they want. But government can't be involved. You can't have a contract. With the government and also have a, a social media platform. Sorry, one or the other.
0: Isn't that self-regulation, though?
1: Is it, Yes, it's regulating the government from getting in bed with them, yes. Fair. Fair. Anything that reduces government, yeah, I'm okay with. So,
0: I have you on the record as saying that you're pro-regulation?
1: <laughs> regulating, yeah. I mean, because a lot of people get the separation of church and state backwards it's not it wasn't put in there to separate the church from being involved with the state like being able to vote or talking about the state or whatever. it was put there so the state couldn't get involved with the church because that's what was happening back then was the church was like Facebook because that's where everybody got together and talked. That was the congregation of the masses. And by the state getting in bed with the church money wise, whatever the state was able to push their agenda upon the people through misinformation through the church and the church and the state got super rich together. Meanwhile, draining the, the masses and the people, when they, when we came over here and we, we wanted to change things we wanted that separate so they couldn't team up like that the church couldn't use the power of the, the you know the violence of the state for its benefit and the state couldn't use the persuasion of the church to its benefit
0: so they never really fixed that you you said it yourself we fixed that through the founding of this nation right like we had to start fresh to do that right i'm i'm wondering how we accomplish that in today's society knowing that we don't have another bit of land to start over with
1: i don't think we do I, i just think that we don't need to advocate stupid shit either uh as libertarians we need to say no you're wrong and this is what's right And we need to keep saying that because we are going to secede. This country's breaking up. It's breaking up. I can feel it rumbling right now beneath my feet. It's breaking up. And we need to have this shit figured out. We don't need to make the same goddamn mistakes when we bounce into wherever we're going.
0: But haven't they been talking about that for decades? Like Texas has been talking about secession for as long as they've been Texas.
1: And we did secede. There were states that seceded from the the union and we went to war over it. We don't want to do that again, but there's just no way that we're going to stay together. It's, it's either going to come to violence or we need to separate before it becomes violent. I think we should separate before it becomes violent. Personally,
0: this does mirror a pretty common trope and tale of divorce, right? We're, staying together for the kids, but it's actually healthier if we just divide maybe.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because you're not going to convince the masses today's society and social with social media and all that, you know, that central planning is the problem. They think, they think the problem is there's not enough central planning because they look at an issue and go, Oh, there's not enough, but oh, there's homeless people. We'll give them money and houses, you know, and they think, "Well, that's that simple. Let's just do," you know. So, if you're looking at problems that way, and then we're looking at pro- like, why are there homeless people? Oh, this, this is like there's so many things that are in the way of prospering and making, you know. We're thinking of it a, a completely different way. We need to be able to go about our ways and like then people could see what works and what doesn't because some people can't do it in their head it's there's a problem give them money and houses because that's the they don't walk through all the steps in their head or why and what will this cause down you know so for them to see it with their own eyes like holy shit these people who don't have a government or whatever are doing wonderful they're all prospering they have like the smallest homeless population you know and, and it's happy there there's very little crime and, and then they look at what they you know we've got all these laws against crime but it's just everywhere and everybody's starving and they go fuck I want to live over there
0: but do they want to live over there? I think maybe innately they do, but I don't know that they're necessarily going to see that information and it be delivered to them as obviously as that, right? To go back to the clip we just watched, right. the way that everything is set up and everything is delivered, you are pre-configured to take things in in a certain way. Like yeah. the, the level to which that segment was scripted And outlined is hilarious to me, right? the One thing that stood out to me was the lady setting up the appeal to authority, right? The immediate objection handling softball of, okay, this is something where we need to bring up her credibility. So how do we address that? Here is a credibility softball. Can you handle that? And let's toss that over to our our fair young Brian so he can say, yes, she's credible because she was a project manager and she was in the middle of all these things. And here's what all she saw. So, yeah, that guy's these,
1: the fact checker, by the way, for CNN.
0: The fact checker?
1: Yeah. The one who's supposed to keep the news legit. He's got a whole segment.
0: So does he ever check the facts? that he's saying
1: no Mm. not once in fact he'll use he'll even correct facts and make them falsehoods to make sure they're right on narrative
0: does he ever correct at least cnn to make it look like they're trying
1: i don't think yes yeah i think i think he's corrected like guest on cnn (laughs) (laughs) I imagine when Dave Smith was on there, he was probably kidding him up a lot.
0: And and that's why I think even if we do establish this new nation <laughs> and we're able to have that great that of a success right out the gate, even with all those things going right, I don't necessarily know that the folks who are living back in old America, let's call it, will be even aware of our successes or have them frame, and and you're right
1: you're right and maybe i'm talking about i'm not maybe we're not talking about the same people because i'm not talking about the people who are still on board with brian i'm talking about over time societies will change because just like people overseas were like you know american music because You know, America was prospering and we had all these bands and whatnot. The culture changes because the people here are happier than the people here. And the people here want eventually, as they hear about it, they want to be more and more like that. And it spreads. But if this beacon turns into shit soup. It spreads and then they get here and they're like what the fuck this sucks and that's kind of what's happened here like I said I don't care if they come over to our side as long as we're happy and prospering and the violence is gone and my kids are safe and we got the food and you know we got to figure out roads <laughs> <laughs> you I mean, know yeah. after we solve that problem <laughs> i was gonna ask who would build those and it doesn't matter like it it really doesn't matter to me if they come over but i know that when you openly trade free trade like not what we call trade agreements today with the u.s but like you're not talking free about trade, like
0: starbucks water and like right. that kind of free trade right
1: right I'm just like, you go into, like you, if you, when you go into situations like in, you know, some store that you probably don't see eye to eye with any of the people in there. And you guys have a pleasant interaction, whereas I bought something I want more than the money that I have. And you got the money that you wanted more than the product you have. And you walk out especially if the state didn't take any of that on top of that, where it's just you guys benefiting. That's an, that's a positive interaction with somebody who you fundamentally disagree with on probably everything, including where you're going, hell or heaven or whatever. Right. Then that's something to build on as opposed to what we do today, where we, try to oh this team is you know they've got it we've got a trade deficit so let's punish them or do this or we have to if you ship stuff here you have to go through this port then this port then this port because we have a government agreement with the port union crap and it takes money from all kinds of people to do the union shit and then and then the poor people over in uh 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 Puerto Rico that still haven't even fixed their shit from the hurricane from three or four years ago are still like waiting on material to get there to fix their shit. And meanwhile, you know, the boats gotta bounce through six, seven ports before they're allowed to go to Puerto Rico because of the unions and shit. Like that creates animosity. And and it and it gets misdirected. It's like, oh, I hate the the guys the doc you know or uh, and even even the union i hate the union uh, yeah all right i get it because they, but it's because they use the state the power to do those things they the state didn't have the power to do those things they couldn't do that shit
0: yeah no no union would survive if it didn't have that kind of backing
1: Right. Or it would have to be a completely different thing. Like a union would have to operate in a completely different way. Well, it would have to be
0: in service of the worker, right? Right. It would actually have to be able to negotiate on behalf of the worker and be able to sustain itself. Because the union has employees of its own. So in order to cover that overhead, those employees would have to be more productive than what they cost to employ. Right, And that would be... A very different model than it is right now right like it's it would be more akin to a costco membership than a
1: union right i think that you know the trade when they see when places from outside see us trading with them and there is no stipulations on our side you know and whatever stipulations on your side that exist we're under no uh, agreement with any government that we're gonna we're gonna even buy your shit. So like we make the choice where like oh um, it's worth it to pay that extra fee for their state to get it over here or whatever. And then we're doing that freely and and it's not a government doing it. It's not a government regulating what's coming in and it's just us going, I have a store here and I want that shit. It's just, it's Steve instead of, you know, the customs agency. It's just Steve. And that's a person buying from another person. And there's that personal connection. And that's how you spread the ideas of liberty. Once we have our place to do it, we just do it. And it will spread because people are going to see the profits we're getting The prosperity, the development, I mean, the technological development that we can have without regulation in the way is just, it's, I mean, imagine if we didn't have to have only three big dogs. You know what I mean? What if like everybody could prosper off their ideas? What if five months of the year you weren't working for nothing? We were working for you.
0: But then would I enjoy the weekend nearly as much?
1: I just couldn't. I can't imagine how much better the, the whole debunking libertarian with the COVID thing. I can't imagine how much better. There's no words to describe how much better of a situation we'd be in if we were in a libertarian time when COVID hit. Because now there's a lot of broke people, financial ruin. On because of people who are printing money and taking from me and shit like that, like that I can't control. Like I'm not doing anything wrong with my money, but you're fucking it up, right? Like on top of the virus? Like you had to do all that shit too? Was the virus not bad enough that you created with my fucking money? Use my money to make the fucking virus. Then you destroyed my money after you let it go. I mean, what the fuck, man? It's that goddamn simple. All this other shit that's being sent out there everywhere is to direct your eyes away from that. Fucking awful. And the fact that these people who control this state, this country, are allowed to have this power. It's just beyond me. And there's no way that we're going to convince enough people to, to, in the, for the whole country to tell them no. Like there's certain people we're not going to convince. And I guarantee you, if we start seceding, like one state start, it's going to snowball because now somebody's had the balls to do it. You know, it's like the first dude start clapping in a slow clap, you know?
0: I think going back to, uh, a word we had been sitting on, uh, riot, uh, I believe there's a, there's a theory around human behavior and I forget where I'm borrowing this from. So all apologies, but, uh, the riot number, right? So the idea of how many other people it takes for you to be compelled to riot right. or something. So if, if you're in a, if no one has a riot number of, you know, zero to five, then you're you're good. Uh, but if yeah. someone sort of starts, it snowballs. I think there are other states that have like a secession number, where if they see that three, four states have seceded, then they're gonna go, right? right. So like Texas, New Hampshire have a secession number of zero, like they are happy to be, yeah, the first. Dude in the slow clap. So I think you're right. I think there are enough states with a. A yeah. low enough secession number, right? So like if if New Hampshire, Texas, are there any others that you feel like have a secession number of zero?
1: No. Uh, well, Dakotas, the Dakotas, maybe. Because they seem lead, to they seem you... to be on it. They seem to be done. They seem to have already seceded they're just like
0: maybe they they didn't just no one found out about it
1: yeah they just haven't said anything
0: (laughs) maybe they already have and we just as a whole haven't acknowledged it because there's just so much more going on yeah we have to report on the whistleblower from facebook so maybe that's it and and honestly even if it's new hampshire and texas and that's it Those two then, I think, put it over the line of a lot of the other states that might have a secession number of two.
1: Well, you know, California always talks about secession anytime there's a Republican in office. So, you know, they are wanting to secede the next time a Republican's in office for whatever reason, right? And if they do it, there's, that's, I want, california to secede because there's there's counties in california that are ready to secede from california and it'd be easier if they broke off from you know the rest of the states for them to do it and that would even break down the secession level to closer to the individual which is where i'd want it you know but you know for every level of secession we're closer you know, <laughs> so I'm excited about things like that.
0: I I do like the idea that it could, instead of being a unified front of secession, it's instead an agree to disagree. Yeah, it's a OK, we're going to secede to do our own thing. And instead of following suit, per se, it's a oh, well. I'm going to succeed to do something entirely different.
1: Right. Because that's what, that's how the free market works in, in everything is like a lot of people are trying new things and only certain things to succeed, succeed. Right. And that's what people are going to do. They're going to fuck up. There's going to be a lot of fuck ups and it's fine because that's how it's the only problem with, fuck-ups at our level is we have gotten so big and the central government's gotten so powerful. Everybody knows it's fucked up, but nobody, everybody's scared to do anything about it because it is so, the power is so centralized. And the closer it gets, the tighter that gets, the closer we get to the, it's almost guaranteed that we have to go violent. And we don't want to go violent. Nobody wants the people to die. Like, I don't want some status to die because i want to be free i just want to be left alone and be free
0: and those and those status will follow suit once they've seen you struggle through the pioneers dilemma and try and figure out all the problems it's kind of the the way that apple has structured its successes right is let everyone else do a bit of pioneering let everyone else try and fail a few things and they just sort of take their time and do it really, really well. You know, the, you know, the iPhone wasn't the first smartphone. It's the iPad. wasn't the first tablet. Like they just waited. So there's also this idea that like the 10th state to secede might actually be the best one. Right. The, the Apple of States.
1: Yeah, uh speaking of secession, Robert Murphy just published a, a pamphlet on why uh Texas the the what the the case for Texas secession, which is uh I've only heard little snippets of it, but I really want to read it because I hear it's pretty good.
0: Is that free to download?
1: I don't know. I mean it was Published in some scholarly journal. I don't.
0: Then probably not. You, probably it is not. probably behind a paywall, but I would yeah. guess if you email him, he would send it.
1: Probably. I'm very interested in it. i definitely give it a whirl. He apparently wrote it after his talk at Porkfest this year.
0: Secession might be the answer. But going back to how people are able to see the benefits of that, it will be stifled, of course, by the, the various different media outlets that those places that have yet to secede control, right? Even, even right. in the places that secede, uh, yeah. they will likely be consuming media from that still centrally planned and owned Right. Glomerate. But
1: as the money flows away from them, you know, the productivity goes down because the productive people start going towards more lucrative areas to be productive in. Um, you you get you have less pull with a Facebook or whatnot, because you, you no longer your level of being their biggest customer is, is now like, what regulation can you do that's going to keep me on top? Right. Cause once the influence power, not power, but influential power comes over to say the free areas, right. The places without a central government to, now these people those people could have a facebook come up that's not able to be centrally whatever and and the fact that you have regulations against them competing with you here is not as beneficial anymore right <laughs> because it's a less powerful government the central government isn't the power that you're pulling from isn't as big now your benefit is Is greatly diminished. Therefore, because it's all about keeping out competition, because it's, I mean, that's what this is all about. You, if if you can get both sides to jump on the regulation bandwagon and regulate the shit out of social media, that means as long as we're under this central government, nobody can ever compete with Facebook. Nobody can come up through that regulation and become something different, something better.
0: Well, and I think that's why it sounds like she broke the story through what would typically be left channels and then leaked documents to what would be considered right channels. So she can kind of appear bipartisan, right? Like I think she leaked to the Wall Street Journal.
1: It seems very planted, doesn't it?
0: Well, uh, she's asking for the same. Regulations and shelter for Facebook that Zuckerberg had been asking for for a long time, but he never got anywhere with it because the the GOP had stopped him for the most part. So she she doesn't really have to convince anyone on the left because they're already there, as evidenced by our boy, Brian.
1: Right. And. I mean, that's what they want to do. And fuck, I mean, it, as long as the state stays as big as it is, they're moving towards it. It's going to happen eventually. Um, But it, if we can secede or secession efforts start coming in to where like. They there's bigger problems now or. Uh, just that the focus is gone from the Facebook problem, right? And I mean, that's the one thing about the system. Is the system is a system of power and illusions. The people that are running it really aren't that smart. The people in the high places above you, like they have to use the power of force and coercion to stay on top. They're not that smart. That's why they have to use force and coercion to stay on top. They can't use innovation and, you know, good ideas.
0: Well, I I would also say that that is somewhat dangerous information as well, right? Because the the people who are presented as if they are on top are not that bright, right? Right. You know, these... Folks who are in the Senate, who are constantly jabbering across the aisle about this or that. Yes, I think you're absolutely right. But I, I, think it's, I think it's worth calling out, though, that the folks who are manipulating those people that you see, the names that you know, the folks that are, to use a crass analogy, pulling the strings, those folks are incredibly smart, incredible they're attractive. they're
1: very manipulative they're very sales oriented but the most manipulative salesman's not necessarily that smart
0: you're you're making a, a, a valid point which is that uh they are intelligent only in certain fields but they're yeah very
1: I'm, narrow I'm, field right yeah, you're right the
0: point i'm just trying to make is that we should certainly not underestimate them
1: oh yeah the the lengths they'll go to stay in power are awful. If you look at the things they've done in, to the American citizens in the past, we just had an episode on this. The things they'll do are are awful. You know they they're not beyond Auschwitz. They that's not like a moral step that they wouldn't go to that's why this whole demonizing the right thing and anybody who's against the state or even deviates from the state's message slightly like those two uh professors very left professor no not professors uh, senators congressmen whatever one got chased into a bathroom and harassed for hours and then the other one they they Surrounded his boat with other boats, and I don't know because he wasn't on board with the what? Let's call it seventy zillion trillion dollar spending bill that they're trying to put through. Whatever it is, I don't even know the number they're trying to go for nowadays. It's just ridiculous.
0: They chased one into a bathroom and chased the other into nature's bathroom.
1: Yeah, yeah. And they—they're they're left. They—they they just didn't. They're like, oh, that's too many trillions right now because, you know, the dollar's failing.
0: But it's it's eating itself, right? Like they've created this monster of a society who's accepting of spend, 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 spend. And now it's coming back to bite them.
1: I mean, yeah, it eats itself, but it's just. When it's something like that, like a power position like that, you're not really anything important, but you are, they make you feel important. You know, people call you and say, oh, Senator or Congressman, whatever. So you feel important and sometimes you're on TV. I think those people can be replaced. They're, like, they're more easily replaced than uh, Epstein. I mean, there's so many people that want that, that notoriety and whatever, but don't know how to benefit society in any form or fashion to get it any other way. Well,
0: that's what you were talking about, right? The difference between perceived power and like real influence where someone like Epstein who became known to us in recent years, but when he was the most influential is when he was
1: invisible. Yeah. And it really wasn't even him. He was just like the guy who got the information. You know what I mean? And then the CIA was telling him, all right, well, if this person's not going to do this, you tell him I'll release the tape. You know what I I guarantee he, he wasn't coming up with any of those plans on his own. He was just doing what he was told to. As long as you're going to let me keep fucking kids and give me you know, mansions and billions of dollars. Like, absolutely. I'll keep doing this.
0: But by proxy, he has a lot of power, right? And yeah, if if he's invisible, then who is controlling him? That person's
1: really invisible, right Yeah and, yeah, and it's probably a lot of people. It's probably not just one pe- person. it's it's a whole network, right? The CIA is pretty much I mean, the CIA has been pretty much like on its own. With no oversight, as long as I, I mean, before Kennedy was killed by him. In fact, uh, who, who, when the, the guy who started the CIA during the Cold War, uh, which president did that? Like his, when he left office, he said, I fear that I may have, I think that was like in his, I fear that. The power of some of the military, industrial, and intelligence agencies—maybe the death of the American dream, or whatever.
0: Yeah. So when Truman establishes the, you know, Security Act and puts the CIA in place, he he knew post facto what was happening, yeah. and right. We saw the same thing with Eisenhower's speech talking about, I think he coined the uh, the phrase military-industrial complex, right? Like, right. these are a series of presidents who, in surprisingly transparent fashion, are acknowledging how much power they've given the state. And what I think is really interesting is how... Well, that lines up to what we're talking about here is creating some sort of a monster with maybe even the best of intentions and it coming back to bite you, right? So these, these folks who are in power create these agencies or they pass these acts and bills and things hoping that it will relinquish its power when it's done, but it never does. And Ever. the same can be said for the spending bits, right? We we convince society that there's no limit to spending. And then the same people who did all that convincing go, okay, well, I think we've done enough. Of course, the people are going to, for lack of a better word, riot when you say we can't spend anymore because we've programmed them to be that way
1: right so you Im- that's the answer I mean that's what we've told them that is the answer when you don't have any money we'll just print a bunch of it and for some reason you'll never see any of it but you'll still be convinced that that's what we need to do the next time you broke right so
0: how can anyone blame
1: yeah 12 years of of propaganda during your most influential years of your life and then every social media outlet is owned is primarily run by the state and let's get them more state run now so all your free time you're being propagandized to also and then you go watch the 24-hour news networks that do the exact, in the same piece where they're talking about Facebook doing it, they're doing it. But if that shit didn't matter to people because they didn't live in a place where that shit mattered to people because the state couldn't fucking touch them here, they wouldn't watch that shit as much. They wouldn't pay attention to that shit as much. I mean, for fuck's sake, man, like we're voting on people who tell me how much toilet water I can have. that shit hits every part of people's lives right here every single part their entire digestive system all the way to the evacuation is controlled by the state so yes it fucking matters to people who gets elected and who doesn't and whatnot. and there's never a good answer for who needs to be elected so they're like oh I'm going to vote on the least worst person so i'm not even really happy when they win so these people are fucking stressed out man because like it fucking matters because every goddamn thing we have has some sort of state regulation on it that makes it cost more makes it suck more like makes you know makes everything worse about it So,
0: And to pretend like Facebook isn't regulated now is, like you called out, a bit misleading, right? Oh, absolutely. The the idea that they are a private company who is completely devoid of any relationship with the government as it stands now, (sighs) that's just ludicrous.
1: It's absolutely. Why would... Why would they operate in a in a fashion like that? If if it was about the customers, they've alienated half of like what forty seven percent of, or I don't know what the divide is, but like pretty much half the country. Like anybody who's not, well, probably more because it's not even like moderate lefts anymore. It's like they're mean. They're like throwing them guys to the, to the, you know, out the throwing the those babies out with the bathwater too. Cause it's libertarians or, I mean, national TV called terrorists and, uh, Trump supporters, terrorists, uh, I mean, shit, you don't want to vote on a 70 zillion trillion gazillion dollar spending bill, you know, out of the blue with all kinds of tax hikes on it. That's going to cost the U.S. citizen zero somehow, even though you hike in Texas. Um, you, know, you don't vote like that's OK, then you're in trouble. And the, and the fucked up thing is like Bernie Sanders spends it, right? he's like, you know, the Congress would cut in two, right? But he, there's two Democrats that didn't go for it, right? Two. He said that why would, why would we let our democracy be ruined by two people who don't want this bill? Completely cut out all the other people. It was just the the two that were over the amount that they had, but because there were two more nays than, and there was two Democrats that were, you know, nays, but he claimed that it was only two people were stopping democracy. Like he was claiming democracy didn't work because he was on the, the losing side of democracy
0: it is an interesting assumption, right? He, he is jumped to the conclusion that anyone on the other side of the aisle is just not human. So we're only going to talk about what's happening on our side, which is the fact that two people were not in support.
1: He certainly didn't jump to that same conclusion when, uh, when God rest his soul, uh, McCain uh, stopped uh, Obamacare from being repealed.
0: All it takes is one Republican. Uh,
1: God rest his soul. (laughs) That was sarcasm, by the way.
0: (laughs) Because he's not anywhere
1: near God. He's in hell.
0: I think anyone who listens for any amount of time knows your position on Mr. (laughs) McCain.
1: Well, I do like to mention it every episode that I am happy that McCain is dead. Yeah, I don't claim to believe in democracy either. So like, I don't care what anybody says about the way I should live my life. It's it's my decision. If I'm not hurting you. So they're on the side where they think it, you know, one person should control how everybody lives their lives, not me.
0: No, 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 no. Two people.
1: His idea of democracy would be like, you know i'll just tell y'all which way to vote and do that and then i'll say it was unanimous you know like all those other democracies around the world clap,
0: and no